Welcome to another episode of the weekly webinar series brought to you by the Decorative Plumbing and Hardware Association, where our mission is to connect, educate, and elevate the performance and knowledge base for experts who work in the most expansive industry in North America. Hello, good afternoon, and thank you all for attending our DPHA Weekly Wednesday webinar. Um, today, we have a wonderful panel here to talk about the gorilla in the room, um, the internet, um, the D DPH industry and its relation with the internet, relationship with the internet. Um, today, we have three wonderful panelists from different segments of our industry. Um, first, we have Joshua Moss, Vice President of Advanced Plumbing. Thanks for joining us, Joshua. Hello, everybody. Uh, then we have Noah Taft, Senior VP of Marketing and Sales for California Faucets. Thank you for joining us, Noah. Hey, everybody. And some of you might recognize Molly from our designer panel from our Molly Meets videos. We have Molly Schweitzer, Molly N. Schweitzer Designs, um, AKBD. Thank you for joining us, Molly. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, we're really excited to have a diverse panel um, to talk about the internet because there's so many questions in our industry regarding this. And so I think having a manufacturer uh, opinion and dealer and designer is really going to give us a robust conversation. So please, um, anyone who has any questions throughout the course of this um, this panel, please ask away. Um, we do have a list of questions we'll be starting. Um, oh, and for those that don't know me, since there are some people on here I don't know, I'm Kimberly Glazer. I am the Director of Marketing and Sales for the Decorative Plumbing and Hardware Association. Um, before I was with DPHA, I was with Best Plumbing Tile and Stone out of New York, so I do have um, background on the showroom side as well. So if you hear me, you know, I may give my opinion on some things and some stories about the internet as well. Um, so thought it would help to know my background there. Uh, before we get started, I do want to know a little bit about um, you guys. Oh, you know what? Hang on, let me edit this real quick. Pardon me, I'm sorry. I don't want number two on here. I'm sorry, bear with me. The joys of technology. Oh, I know. Well, this was just my own fault for not looking. Okay. All right, there we go. If you guys could just answer this question for us, what best describes your industry segment? Dealer, rep, manufacturer, designer, or other? Um, this is going to allow us to tailor the conversation um, and just get a better idea of who y'all are. We'll let that go for another seven seconds. Come on, there's still 10 of you who haven't voted yet. Not, not a lot of dealers. No, and um, you know, I found, okay, there we go, more of you are voting. Um, manufacturers and reps have been the largest percentage for our uh, webinars. And I think, you know, when I've asked our dealer members, you know, why it's because they are just, the showrooms are packed. They're mine. And um, so, so it's up to me and you, Josh, to really represent <laughs> this, all right? Okay, gonna end the poll, share the results with you guys. We've got 52% are manufacturers, 32% reps, 10% dealers, We've got a couple designers on, thank you, and then two others. So thank you um, so much for taking that poll, all right? So, Decorative plumbing and hardware internet sales were a very hot topic when I started with Best back in 2006. Um, as the merchandiser at Best, I focused on supporting brands that supported the brick and mortar. And this was back when IMAP was not really a thing. It was starting to be a thing. Um, I even removed one major brand, like big brand, um, from the showrooms because their president at the time said something along the lines of their sales were more important than protecting their longstanding brick and mortars. Um, so 
they were not, they were no longer invest. So it's, it's always been super important. And I think that the, everyone's staying at home with everything with COVID. I think more people, I think the internet is kind of coming back up to be this important topic because so many people are stuck at home or not wanting to go to showrooms or anything like that. So I thought it was really important to bring up this topic um, at this point in time. So Joshua, do you choose your partners um, based on an IMAP policy or with their IMAP policy in mind? Sure. So hi, everybody. I just want to say hello again, everybody. Josh from Advanced Plumbing. Um, absolutely. Um, that is one of the first factors that we look at when we are evaluating new lines to bring into the showroom. And even every year, that's what we look at to evaluate our current vendors to make sure that they are being strong partners with us. Um, nowadays, competition is more competitive than ever. Um, we have the traditional brick and mortars. We have the big box um, big box stores, um, Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards, whoever else is in your territory. There's a huge Ferguson's of the world and the internet. Um, so it's been becoming more difficult to capture customers and secure the sale with that in mind. Um, and with, all, with everyone else, there's only so much time in the day. Um, so we need to be able to maximize our ability to get the sale. Um, so that basically starts with making sure the manufacturers um, and we are partnering with them that have the strongest MAP policies. Um, so we can't afford to service the customer. We can't afford to use our knowledge, our knowledgeable sales staff, our beautifully designed showrooms. We have all invested tens of thousands of dollars in making sure these displays look great and so have our manufacturers. And so we need to give us the best opportunity basically to do what we need to do. Um, so yeah, it is a huge part of what we do. I mean, we also evaluate the local competition and then we evaluate what buying groups and how close they are tied to the industry as well. Um, so when we look at the uh, different products we're bringing in with the MAP policy, um, we need to make sure that we can service the customers. They can come into our showroom and we can give them a great discount, either the same or a little bit better than what they can find online while still allowing us to make the margin that we need to pay our bills, to pay our salespeople, to pay our commission programs, and whatever else we need to do. Um, so, I mean, there are brands out there that do a great job. They're at 20%, they're at 25%, and they really monitor them. Um, I mean, we have the brand, and if I can speak freely about brands, I mean, you have your the basic brands, you have your name brands, the Growies, the Deltas, the Hans Growies of the world, you have brands like that, um, that they're trying to do better and better, but those are not our specialty brands. Those aren't the Newport Brasses, the Cal Fawcett's Noah, um, a Fantini, a Franz Wiegner, um, even a, uh, I shouldn't say Van Alpen, Oceana, but all these exclusive brands is another thing that we're trying to do. So to give us a leg up, if these brands aren't going to protect us online, they're not going to direct the sales from their website to us, but to an Amazon or a Wayfair. We've reevaluated who we're going to partner with. And one of my big goals in the last few years has been to partner with brands um, like a Cal Fawcett's that it has a strong map policy. Um, where they can't, if they shop it online, great. You can buy 25 off, but if you want to come to Advanced Plumbing, we can probably easily give you another 5%, 10%, and we can service you. Um, you also have someone to call if something happens, a warranty issue, finish issue. Um, so, I mean, and this COVID thing has really created a different phenomenon. So with that, having more exclusive hiring brands that are hard to shop online has also been something that we've been trying to do as well. Um, and customers these days aren't shopping us anymore. I mean, they're not going from one showroom to the next to the next. They're already scared to be out and about out of their houses. They don't want to get COVID or anything. And so making sure we have brands in the showroom that protect our margin, they protect our sale, and make sure the customer comes back to us is great because they're going to go home. They're going to go online. They're going to say, you know what? I don't want to go back to Advanced Plumbing to pick this up. So if I can find it online, I'm going to buy it online. So if we can give them a little bit bigger, bigger of a discount and service them, they can see, feel, and touch the product in our showroom. That's going to give us a little bit of a leg up there. Um, but it does start with the map policy. I'm selling, I'm selling it at 50 off in my showroom because everything online that this brand has is 50 off. I can't make the margins. I can't make the money, and it's not worth my time. And those yep. brands evaluated and either shrunk in display or they just get thrown out altogether. I totally get that. And that's fantastic that you look at it that way. Now, Noah, I know um, I did quite a bit of 
research and digging online. And I could, I found your products through authorized e-tailers, but could not find any of your products for less than 25% off. So good job. Um, <laughs> I'm going to ask you to talk about that, but I think it's important to distinguish between selling online and selling online directly. So I'm going to ask a, a poll question to our attendees. I'm launching this poll right now. No issues here. So two questions, one for manufacturers and one for dealers. Um, do you, if you're a manufacturer, do you sell your products online? Um, yes, directly to the consumer or yes, through authorized e-tailers or no. And then dealers, do you have an e-commerce site? Do you guys see the poll? No? No. Hang on, let me relaunch it. There you go. There you go. I bet my internet froze right when I was launching it because, you know, technology. All right. Now I see answers coming in. So we should have quite a few people answering that because we've got quite a few manufacturers on the call. Um, and it looks like all the dealers that we have do not have. E oh, nope. Let's change it. All right, I'll give it another couple seconds. Um, that's wonderful. We do not have, as of now, do not have any manufacturers that sell direct to the consumer on this call. Um, as somebody who uh, ran the Kohler Experience Center in New York City, and that is a manufacturer that does sell direct to the consumer now, um, I have had experience with that. And then we also do have... Um, the manager of the Kohler Experience Center on this call. So hopefully she'll raise her hand and, and get involved in the conversation because I think that it would be interesting to know kind of how or if anyone else here has experience with manufacturers who do sell direct to the consumer. It'd be interesting to hear that viewpoint. All right. So 43% of manufacturers do not sell their products online. And that, that's pretty indicative of DPHA for the most part because of the nature of, of our high-end product. Um, but 57% uh, do sell through authorized e-tailers. So I'm, I'm actually surprised that, there's, that they're that close. Um, I thought we'd have more selling online, uh, a, a significantly bigger difference there. Um, for the dealers, 83% do not have e-commerce sites, five do. So um, I, or 17% do. So I find that, you know what, that's, there's not that many dealers on. So I think that we, um, I think I made that poll confusing. So, <laughs> so we'll ignore that second part. Um, but I think that that's really interesting to, um, to, to hear that and see that. Um, so Noah, could you talk to us about how and why you sell online and take it away? Well, sure. Well, you know, we're, we're living in a digital world. It's becoming increasingly more so. The pandemic has brought it even on top of that. So, you know, it's no secret this is where it's going. Um, and I want to thank Josh. He, uh, advance. You guys are such a good partners, and I think we're very like-minded in terms of uh, needing ne needing to look at the world and what value we bring, not just as a decorative manufacturer, but also as decorative showrooms. And and with it comes responsibility. And um, quite quite honestly, it, it's not just the manufacturer that has a responsibility, uh, or or the design community, um, uh, Molly. Uh, or, or, but, but also the showroom, also the dealer has a responsibility. So for us, you know, obviously it's another revenue source. There are people that don't live near showrooms that you want to be able to access. But for us, for California Faucets, I can speak for us, our heart and soul has always been with the, with the um, independent showroom. So when we've gone online, we have a very strict U.S. map, which Josh uh, referenced. And without getting into a lot of detail, um, I am happy to talk to anybody offline. We've had uh, more issues than I can count uh, of needing to uh, enforce it. It's like a game of whack-a-mole. Um, but probably the biggest offender that we, we find is Amazon. Amazon uh, is hugely expensive to battle with. And I, I Kimberly, I hope we 
we do get into the issue of Amazon and Walmart and Target. Oh, we will. They are by far the lion's share of what's going on there. So we, we enforce our 25% map. And I also would like to, um, you know, I think if you're living in this world, you, you, you got to recognize the days of just having brick and mortar. The brick and mortar showrooms are going to have to evolve and figure out a way, and there are ways of doing it, um, to be able to bring in revenue from the internet and not, and, and not say set state, state in their ways while still bringing the value that they have. Um, so I want to I wanna add to that because Mary did mention in the chat, she said, you know, why, let me read it exactly what she said because she put it very well. So if you have a showroom, why wouldn't you set up your own e-commerce site to keep the sales since so many more people are shopping online? So, you, Noah, you're not the only one um, to mention that. You got to do it. You, you, you have to figure out a way to accommodate. The internet's not going away. But I would like, Kimberly, I'd like to make one distinction. Yeah. Um, when we say the word e-tailer, what does that mean? E-tailer, there's a difference to my mind of an e-commerce only site like an Amazon um, or, or a Wayfair for that matter and a um, brick and, independent brick and mortar showroom that is selling online. Two very different animals. And the main reason, quite honestly, from a manufacturer perspective of, of why you shouldn't go to e-commerce only is there's no service. Who's going to service the consumer or the designer? Molly has a project. She can't call up anyone at Amazon and, 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 and get any sort of advice or expertise. And that's where the value of the independent showroom is. So I think it's really important to discern. So there are manufacturers that will do both. So even though you're on Amazon and it's 25% off and you're adhering to it, which usually doesn't happen, there's still fundamental problems with going on that platform. It's usually lethal to, to, to my mind, to the independent uh, brick and mortar channel. So yeah. Molly actually has, and Josh, I'm going to come back to okay. you. I want to know, and, and I have my own opinions from working in the room about e-commerce too. Um, but I want to get Molly involved in this because Molly told me she has a story about, yeah. <laughs> about a client who bought something on Amazon. Several clients, honestly. Um, you, so, you do yeah. not condone. No, no. So I, this is not something that I do. This is not something I suggest, but you know, clients have um, a mind of their own. And we'll do what they want to do uh, when they want to do it. So I can only suggest so far. I can only lead them to the water and lead them to, I can't make them drink it. Um, but at the end of the day, I've had clients that, for example, I know Roland's on this call. Um, I used to work for um, a um, countertop manufacturer. And so we would, we sold sinks through our company and then we would get clients that were like, well, I can just buy this Blanco granite composite sink through Amazon. And I would say eight times out of 10, they came broken. And then they're like, what do we do? Right. Uh, I was like, and at the end of the day, I was like, I, this is what I keep telling you. I was like, you have to have a physical sink for us to template. You know, I can't, you know, make it up. We want to make sure that we get it right the first time. And, you know, even though you have a template in there, like they're not always perfect, some of these things. So we just, we, we try to eliminate it, but we had so many issues with, you know, things like that. And it was constantly an, an, a problem. And they, and then, you know, the contractor would call us or the client would call us and they're like, well, you know, it's broken. I don't know what to do. And and it does, it, it comes back to that issue of like, where is the service? There is no service there. That's where you're losing out. Is that worth that five, 10, you know, 15% to not have the service when you need it? To when I was, when I was at the Kohler Experience Center, because it's a Kohler on the door, people it didn't realize that we were actually operated by Best Plumbing Supply. So they would come in and say, oh, my stuff came broken and blah, blah. And like, I, I would say, nine times out of 10 that someone came in complaining, they bought it online. They bought it from Amazon or from somebody build or whoever they bought it online and didn't buy it from us. And we, as gracefully as possible would say, you should have bought it from us, <laughs> you know, but um, thank you so much for that story, Molly. Josh, I want to go back to um, the comment of 
showrooms having e-commerce sites, brick and mortars having e-commerce sites. Um, I'm sure you've looked into it as, you know, as I did it best. What can you share your experience with that? And yes, so uh, full transparency, we do operate a e-commerce site. Um, We do operate one and we actually started doing this years and years ago during the 2008-2012 recession. We did realize that we needed to find another avenue to bring an income to offset our lost sales in the brick and mortar. Um, So we do believe, and both can coexist, a manufacturer can sell online and in the showroom and we can all coexist and we can all make margins and we can all have a fair playing field. We totally believe in that. the biggest thing, the hardest thing for us running into is competing with the bigger guys, the Home Depots, the Amazon of the world. Um, I mean, if you wanted to sell, for example, just Delta or growy fixtures online, um, I mean, you have to have huge inventories to be able to ship this stuff extremely quickly, like an Amazon. Um, so that's that's one hard part. The second part is, is capital. It's capital. You need lots of money to make a site to compete against these guys. Um, it's just like your showroom. People don't want to come into a showroom and buy a $2,000 faucet in a showroom that looks like a Home Depot. The same things online. They want to be able to buy a faucet from a site that looks professional and well-developed and someone they can actually get a hold of in customer service. So, I mean, we even have a couple of customer service people answering phones, doing live chats and answering emails um, because we believe that service, I believe that we can actually, if you service the customer better than any other, other website, you can be successful with it. Um, so, but we have really, we've been successful with some more exclusive lines um, and not necessarily lines that are in buying groups or anything, but like toilets, Chroma toilets, for example, we sell a lot of pumps. We're, we also do plate valves and fittings, so we're, we're a wholesaler as well. So we have bigger, better success with those um, items. Um, we don't have the best success with the Deltas and the Curries of the world because of map policies and the fact that there are bigger players out there that have millions of dollars in inventory and just tied up in just those lines. Um, but you have to coexist. You got to be able to coexist and you got to be able to find that sweet spot. So I'm curious, my microphone just went weird. Um, I'm curious, is your e-commerce site a totally different brand or is it tied to your showroom's brand? Totally different brand. So we want to keep them completely separate. Um, We have developed and we are in the process of currently making it better. You can log on to advancedplumbing.com and a plumber or anyone can create their own account. um, And then we approve it and we can set them up with a price structure so they can shop online through our advanced plumbing site and place a call ahead order. So they can order pipe valves, fittings, faucets, things like that. Um, And the pick ticket would print right out to our printer and we pull it and have it waiting for them in the morning. So we are expanding that and offering that. We have a lot of kitchen and bath shops that do that with sinks right now. They don't want to call us and check stock. So they can log on to the site and they can just order all their sinks and then they come pick them up the next morning or we do automatic deliveries to them on any day of the week. Great. So can you guys hear that? Or is it just on my side? You're okay. Okay. I'm hearing horrible feedback on mine. Done. Okay. Technology. Um, You kind of talked a little bit about... um, convenience versus price with your with your e-commerce platform. So I want to launch this poll um, because I was talking to somebody earlier about, and it really sparked this question of, do you think internet sales in our industry are more about convenience or price? Um, and, and I feel like, you know, back in 2006, when I started in the industry, I feel like it was price, 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 but there was still only like 4% of people that were actually buying online. And I feel like convenience has kind of taken over, um, especially in the, in the COVID world. It's not even post COVID yet, but the COVID world, I feel like convenience, you know, has really taken over. Um, Give it a couple more seconds for you guys to answer. Attendees. Okay, I think that's what we're going to get here. So 53% said equally convenience and price, which is really interesting. And then it's split between price and convenience. So it's really both, really both. That's very, I don't know what I was expecting, but I those. I was not expecting those. The- I was expecting that. Yeah. I think it, was, it used to be about price and now I think it's about convenience. And I 
think nowadays, I mean, we've been retraining our builders and plumbers to price their jobs differently. I mean, back in the 2000s, I wasn't even in the business, but a lot of plumbers would get 35, 40 off. They'd say, you get 20% off, they'd hide the discount. They could, nothing was online. And I think nowadays, everyone's being very transparent and saying, I got 40 off, you get 40 off. I'm marking it up 20, 25, 30%. And here's the reasons why. So I can, I see it. Um, Josh, we have a question for you. Um, okay. and I, I'm just going to ask the attendees again, if we've got a lot of questions coming into the chat, which is really hard to, um, to focus on. So if you could ask the questions in Q and a instead, please. But I do have a couple questions in the chat here. Um, one, Josh, do, do your inside sales staff feel that they are competing against your e-commerce site? And that's, I think, very, a very interesting point. No, they don't. They really don't. I mean, we, um, unlike a lot of other sites out there, we actually really do. I can honestly say this comfortably. We buy by the math policies. Um, and for the most part, we are able to give a better discount on a lot of products um, than what you can find online, or we can match that pricing. So we really don't get involved with that. There's only one line in the showroom, um, and they actually just fixed it this year, that was giving the same discount that we were able to give in the showroom, and we weren't willing to go more than that discount. We don't want to, I mean, realistically, we obviously want to sell things at 40% margins and over, but we know that the, the, we, the, the basic brands are in the 30%, the sweet spot, that 30% to 35% range. Um, so we don't want to go below that if all possible. Um, but no, we don't really have any issues with people, our sales team thinking that they're competing against themselves. No, I'm going to put you in the hot seat. I'm sorry? I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Okay, go for it. Um, one of your dealers asked Quality Bath for a better discount on one of your kitchen faucets, and they gave him an additional 20% off. Yeah, so 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 here's the question. So what do you do about that? the rest Obviously, you don't like to, to hear that because it hurts margins, it hurts profitability. Question is, is was it advertised and put online that way? Or was this a phone call or a behind the scenes discussion between Quality Bath and, and the dealer? So, so if it's the latter, um, we can't control that. Um, we can't control it between brick and mortars. If Josh has a competitor in his neck of the woods and they undercut him going to that showroom, it's the same thing. If they're talking behind the scenes, we just simply can't control it. Um, if it's advertised or put- It was on, uh, via chat on the website. Um, you know what? If it, that, that's kind of a conversation. That's yeah. like a, that's a digital. It's not, it's not an advertised price. It's a digital right? conversation. Primap is advertised. Yeah. Now I, exactly. So I, we would want to know about it just as good partners because we'd want to know it between brick and mortars too. So what I would say to this dealer is regardless of whether it's an internet site, an e-commerce site or a brick and mortar with an e-commerce site, or just a brick and mortar site, they're all, all shades of the same thing. You're competing against them. So if someone is hurting, hurting the market, we believe in select distribution. It's something we want to know about it. And if there's a long- Ken's emailing you the quote right now. Yeah, if there's, okay, <laughs> fair enough. It, you know, it's a, it's a long-term thing. So you're always going to have it, but you have it between brick and mortars too. And I would just, I would ask Josh this, and maybe Molly, you can comment in terms of the ease of how designers would do it, but we're, we're moving into a post brick and mortar. And I would say even a post e-commerce world, people want, the ability to have both and, and and whoever does that successfully is gonna own the keys to the kingdom. Nobody's totally figured it out yet. So to say you're only gonna sell through a brick and mortar, you're gonna lose that battle long, you're gonna lose a lot of sales. If you sell just e-commerce, you're gonna lose the expertise and the, the touch and feel and all the wonderful things that come with an independent showroom. So the question is, is for all the brick and mortars out there and we have a lot of customers out there that I've had many, many conversations with, and you want to see them succeed, but you go to their websites and they're not only disorganized, they don't look anything like what their own showrooms like. So they carry the brands, you know, they don't look at the brands like they do in their own showroom. So if I walked into Josh's showroom, I'm going to see X number of feet of California Fawcett's product in there and brand X and brand Y, which is great. If you go to the um, website, what are you going to see? Are you going to see the same brands? Um, and of the brands that you have, are they displayed digitally the way they should? 
So the bottom line, you know, in the case I'm using Josh as an example, if, if, if there's a consumer out there or a designer like Molly out there that decides, and especially during a pandemic, I really don't want to walk into the showroom. Why would you make it hard to transact? So you're not giving up the brick and mortar. They can call you on the phone. They can chat the way quality bath chats, um, but take the sale. Help them by phone, help them by email, and let them transact through the website. Maybe that's how they want to do it. Why would you dig in your heels and say, no, you got to come down to the showroom or I'm going to make it harder for you to purchase my product? Because all you're doing is pushing them, especially the younger generation, to saying, you know, you guys are out of touch. I'm just going to buy it there. So to me, that's the direction. Um, I would love. Can I, can I ask Molly a question though on this? I was good. I was actually just going to. So yes, you can ask her a question. I was just. I was going to be diverting it to Molly right now. <laughs> I, I mean, Molly, you you have you have an interest, you know. So so I just would, would love your candor, but I think it helps the industry. If, if if you didn't think in terms of brick and mortar or e-commerce sites. The ease of transacting, whether or not you want to walk into a showroom or whether you want to buy online, as long as they give you the service, whether it's digitally, chat, or in person, do you care where, where you actually transact as long as you're getting the value-added expertise so you can spec a job properly? Uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Hot seat. I was preparing all night for that. Um, no, I'm pretty particular. I, I'm relationship built as far as like my business is very, I'm referral basically only. And so I rely very heavily on my relationships with particular salespeople in particular companies. Um, and something that we haven't really talked about is, um, I don't actually do buying, purchasing directly through me. Um, so I actually work, I do spec only. Um, so I'm working with contractors. So it really comes down to the big conversations with, you know, I won't only have one brick and mortar place that I work with because my contractors don't have just one place that they go to. So I actually will have the conversations beforehand. We say, you know, where do you like to shop? Where should I direct them so that we're making sure that we are continuing down a path together on this um, and making sure that a, obviously you're getting what you need um, and you're not running all over town in these unfamiliar places. And because a uh, majority of all my projects, you know, purchasing goes through the contractor itself. So I was gonna say, so it, it becomes that conversation, but I am definitely, you know, a, I have to ask them, is there someone that you work with? And then I work with them. Or if they don't, if they're not particular, they just tell me a venue. I usually have my own salespeople that I like to work with exclusively. Um, and I take that business back to them. So that is really huge for me. I come from that background in sales. And so I understand that side of the desk as well. Um, several people have heard that before is like, you know, that's really important to me to like go back creating that, curating that relationship and, and making it stronger and just having that person that you trust. Um, you know that they can do what you need to do. If, if there's a project and you're like, I really am trying to like, you know, get really good pricing so that we can get this. This is a perfect thing for them. Or, you know, and here's our budget, you know, working with those things together and having those conversations so important. I'm not the kind of person that's just like, hey, let's go willy-nilly online and whatever I can find at the lowest price because it doesn't feel good and it makes me look bad when like something comes in broken and we can't fix it you know how do you do most of your specifying Molly do you go I mean you know a lot of the product because you've been on the sales side right you know the stuff but do you go into the showrooms to do the specification or do you go through websites to do the specification, but then make sure that the purchasing goes through the showroom. I do my own research. So I typically, A, it's it's a multi-level thing. So when I do my research, clients usually like, this is my idea, this is what I want. So I go onto the manufacturer's website. So the manufacturer website is really important to me 
to be really organized as we talked about organized, clean, easy to find stuff, easy to search. You know, there's a couple of manufacturers that I work with and I love their products, but I hate their websites. And so I don't end up specifying stuff because I can't find it on the website or it's not updated for some reason. But now, not Cal Fawcett's new website. No, no, no. That's not it. But um, it is super important for us to like have access to it. And there's, you know, there's some brands that have made it, I think that they think that it's easier and it's not, um, you know, they've made like kind of backend websites for, you know, contractors, sales people or designers to find more information than what the client could find on their general. And it, to keep all those things in our head is hard. So it's like, it would be easier if there was just like a link at the top or like, maybe I sign in, whatever, that's fine. So to the 30 some odd manufacturers that are attending this webinar right now, <laughs> you're telling them they need to work on their website. And if Websites you- are huge. It's huge. Website, go to the designers. Yes. <laughs> but I, but can, can I, can I chime in here? Of course. I, I, I completely see what Molly's saying. And, and we spend a lot of time uh, on our website to try and do just that. But we don't sell directly to you or to a consumer. So we, we need to drive them to, to uh, brick and mortar select dealers of ours. Um, we practice the select distribution. That's so when we when we send them to a website, like we send them to Josh's website, for example, um, we want to know from a manufacturer's standpoint that our brand is on their website, really well represented, laid out, organized, just the way Molly's talking about on our website. Because where is this person going to transact the business? They're using our site as an informational site. I can't capture the sale. So put yourself in my shoes for a minute. I'm going to lose this sale if I drive them out of my, my environment. Well, I'm not going to sell them directly because we support the brick and mortar channel. So I am asking the brick and mortar channel to step up and, 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 and put us. And, and Josh, you guys do a great job. Um, but I think if you look on a lot of brick and mortar websites, they're behind the times. And it's frustrating from our perspective because we're such good partners in the showroom but when it goes into the digital world, it goes out the window. So I want to be able to drive it to the brick and mortar, but the brick and mortar needs to be able to transact and make it easy um, and not uh, and make it slick, not sticky. Huge part. To go on and transact. And what if this is a person that went to our website and never wants to even have a conversation? I want them to be able to buy from you. So if your website isn't set up, they can't find the product, and the only way they can get it is to walk into a showroom. Um, if you're in my shoes, would you drive traffic to that showroom? So this is what, from a manufacturer's perspective, um, and I would hope a lot of manufacturers listening to this are nodding their heads, um, you know, we need your help to do that end of it and to treat your websites as beautifully as you treat your brick and mortar. And by doing that, you're also going to be able to compete and use your expertise to fight against the Amazons of the world because they can't do what you guys do. You guys can curate and service, but you got to be able to transact. And I think it's important for the brick and mortars to also have a website that looks nice because that reflects on the way their showrooms are and the way they're going to handle their customers. Um, I know our website, I get, they all come to me. I get at least anywhere from three to six, um, I would say, emails that are direct from the website. And usually about 50% of those turn into sales. There's people that are on our website, they send us questions and they're looking for product. And we're actually updating it as we speak right now to make it more modern and everything, to make it look like some of our competitors. Um, and uh, I do know that there is one manufacturer that's actually listening to this call right now. And I've had a few sales from them, but they can custom make a faucet online. And then it doesn't, it doesn't direct them to an online company. It directs them to the nearest showroom where an automatic email gets sent with the custom faucet or the faucet they selected. And then I can contact that person and say, hey, I saw you created this faucet on the website. Or, um, here's your pricing on it. Let me know if you're interested in buying. And we actually got a sale from that actually a couple weeks ago. Molly. Yeah, so I was gonna say along those lines, you know, there's there are some companies that I know they're trying to be creative and like put their own spin on stuff and sort of, you know, create their own manufacturer numbers or, you know, for their e-commerce. And it's 
real hard for us because I have to make sure that like I am actually getting the right thing for someone. And I think someone put a, a comment in the chat is like the after hours thing. It, I have two twin girls <laughs> do everything at like eight o'clock at night. <laughs> um, so being able to like really have that, that confidence and knowing that I'm, you know, selecting the right thing um, through that retailer is, or through that dealer is really important for me. Um, That's a great point. It's a great point. It gets scary if I don't really know. And then it just gets confusing and gets confusing for the client. Cause they're like, I thought it was this. And why does it say that? And I know where they're coming from because where I worked did that as well, but it does make it harder in today's world. You know, I think that the internet has really made everything so transparent Mm -hmm. and made people expect transparency. And I think the whole jumbling of SKU numbers, I mean, I fought against it when I was in the showroom. Best does not jumble the SKU numbers. I never let it happen, (laughs) Um, but our competitors did. But it was like, they'd take the first two and move it to the last. So anyone who like worked in a showroom could figure out what it was. But I just, I think it is so... I think it's deceiving to to the designers and the consumers when you do something like that. I agree. But I have we have two questions, both relating to um, unilateral pricing, UMRP. Um, and now that price fixi- price fixing is no longer illegal due to online sales, which I don't know the legality of that. That was just the comment that was in here. Um, it seems that some manufacturers are getting away from IMAP and going to UMRP. And a manufacturer on the call, Avi, did ask kind of how important is it to support UMRP versus IMAP. Um, I've been out of the showrooms for about a year and a half, and um, I'm not that familiar with UMRP. So um, Noah or Josh or Molly, if you know it, if one of you could kind of talk about uh, um, the difference between those and maybe Noah, if you're follow one versus the other, or what your thoughts are on that. I, I, you know, honestly, that, that could be a topic for a whole other webinar. See, I'm giving you, okay. I'm giving you more material. Okay. Uh, that, that's a long discussion. So, you know, I, I really don't want to get into the weeds on it. In, in, one, one is about advertising price, what you can legally advertise one. And one is literally a manufacturer setting price that everybody has to. And it's a, it's a sticky wicket. I can tell you as a company, we've looked at it. And you're trading, you're, you're, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. So there are lots of loopholes in this in terms of what, what, what it actually is. You're setting the price. You have a relationship with a good dealer and they, they, they have several showrooms and they violate it. Um, one of their new, uh, uh, new, new associates that wasn't well-trained violates it, then there are penalties to that good dealer who's understandably upset. And behind the scenes, there are accommodations that then go on to make sure that the owner of that showroom is not unhappy. So, you know, it seems on the surface, theoretically, like a great idea, but it's really, you know, and I'd be happy to take this offline with anybody because we keep looking at it as a potential solution but you could drive a truck through the loopholes in it. And then you spend most of your time playing sheriff. Um, so that's really you know, all I have to say on it at this point, but it, I, I think it merits a very deep discussion and I would love to hear from a lot of dealers um, about it uh, as well as other manufacturers. All right, I wrote that down and I'll, I'll table that one. So with that- It's a great, it's a great topic. It's a great- this September, we'll, we'll do the September 2nd uh, webinar we'll do about that. So I'll talk to you offline about that, Noah. Um, we do have a couple of questions talking about um, online sales and local reps or local showrooms feeling a bit gypped at not not getting credit for the sales. So um, we don't have any reps on the panel, but um, Noah, we do have you. So I'm wondering, what do you do with your reps for online sales um, that end up in their markets? Is there, you know, the rep may have to go service a project that 
was purchased online, how are they getting compensated for that? For, for us, you know, honestly, and I know it's the reps listening to the, to this may not like what I'm about to say. <laughs> they all work. They all work so hard. Um, we we're, uh, we believe in the independent brick and mortar. We believe in the independent rep. Um, if, if there is um, if there's a, it's a large project and they're doing work on it and they're not getting commission. They know that they can come to us and we'll figure out and work out with the rep of record what's fair. But I think it's, to me, it's, it's chasing nickels and dimes. I think people have to focus on where they're going to get the most benefit for themselves and their customers. So what goes around comes around. Something gets sold outside a project, outside a, a territory. Um, it, it cuts both ways and, 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 and all the reps out there, for the most part, I think you all know you're the on the beneficiary end of it as much as you're on the losing end of it. Um, for us as a company, if you ever felt you're more on the losing end than the winning and it doesn't come out in the wash, come to us and show us what it is and we wanna make it right. But for us to spend this time, you know, shaving, shaving nickels on it, we got way bigger fish to fry, especially now uh, that's gonna make you the rep more commission, bring our dealers more profitability in sales and also increase our volume. Great, so along that line, um, John gives us this example, Phil Rich began to sell online, paying a commission to the closest displaying dealer. Um, they capture the sale, the showroom doesn't lose out and in fact makes money on a sale they otherwise might have lost because there's been a lot of research done saying that people that are buying online were never necessarily a brick and mortar customer to begin with. Um, and John wants to know, would Molly feel comfortable buying this way? So buying online, knowing that a showroom was there to support you because they were getting a cut of it. Um, and would Josh like that type of transaction? Great question. Really good question. Thanks, John Weinstein, for that one. <laughs> Do you want Molly, to you go it? first. You go first, Molly. I want to hear it. Yeah, you go first as, like, as, a, as a consumer. As a consumer, do I feel comfortable? I mean, it's. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I mean, what if there's two dealers that are close by? Like, how do they choose? Do you split it 50-50? I mean, there's... John, are you, are you... If you are willing to get on the horn about this and, and answer some questions and talk about it. If you could raise your hand, I will. Uh, I mean, I guess also part of that is like, do you tell me what dealer got it? Cause I need to figure out who I have to call. Can I choose if it's a multiple dealer? Because what if it goes to one company and I don't like working with that company, but I have someone at the other, there's, it's a loaded question. Yeah, the, it is. A, so, um, John says he hasn't been able to get that answer from them. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good because for the manufacturers that are on this call, if you're looking at doing something like that, you need to be able to answer these questions. Yeah. And as you know, when I was a show, when I was in the showroom business, that that those were the questions we asked when someone a manufacturer would come to us and say, you know, propose some kind of a program like that, right? Like. There's, you know, five Kohler dealers. How are you telling? How are you distributing that? Right. Um, <laughs> Ken notes that he has four showrooms and have not seen any commissions from Phil Rich on their online sales. So it's not going to them, and they're the gorillas in their market. So I don't know where it's going, but that's really interesting. This has started a lot of questions. Let me get through them. Okay. Thank you, Ken, for that. Um, so we have um, one of our manufacturers saying when lockdown was going on everywhere, they did a similar thing and they would ask the person their preferred showroom. So that's one way of going about it. If someone's yeah. going to buy online, great. What's your preferred showroom? April, I think that's a great way of going about it. I think it's a great way to do it. And then you have a face to the sale and then now you know that person can help service you and also help you pick out any accessories you need to go with that faucet or in the shower. Maybe they need the shower fixtures. Buying a faucet's easy online. It's the shower fixtures where it gets even more complicated because no one knows that they need the arm, the flange, the rough, and all the other components. So I think driving that back to the showroom to follow up, and this is where the two showrooms, have, the showroom and the manufacturer have to be good partners and have to have a good relationship to make sure that they're being serviced. 
I can't tell you how many times um, I have really good relationships with a lot of my reps um, and I continue to do that because I'm a product nerd. And so I can't tell you how many times I've asked and called them directly to say like, okay, I'm building this shower. Here's how it functions. You know, there's a few different ways that, and now I know for the most part, like how they all come together, but there's sometimes you get a brand and you're like, Oh, I'm not really sure if this is going to work or not. And being able to have that, that conversation to be like, okay, what other little pieces, you know, I, we're also putting a toilet in and we have oil rub bronze finish, you know, I want to make sure that this matches everything else, you know, is this something that you can do or not? And those are important questions. It's hard to pick up that valve. What kind of piping do you have coming out of the wall to make sure we sell you the correct valve and the correct supply yeah. line and the correct toilet lever? Because not all toilet levers work in, in every toilet. So I think driving it back to the showroom at the end of the day mm-hmm. is, is the best option. Yeah. And um, John Weinstein also comments that a return, so this is from a manufacturer standpoint, a return faucet from an online sale becomes trash. They're never packed properly and can't be resold. It's not sneakers. And that's a... That's a good point. You know, our industry, I feel like, has been protected a little bit from internet sales because it is so much more specialized. And you do need to know what valve goes with what trim and what trip lever goes with what toilet. Um, but also that packaging, I mean, it, it was the same way from a showroom standpoint. A lot of the time, returns cannot be resold. And we got that so much in New York City. We had people who would come in with ripped boxes and everything. And I'm like, I'm sorry, our return policy is written on there. If your box is written all over or ripped, I can't take it back because I can't resell it. And it's like, well, can't you just rebox it? Doesn't work that way in our industry. I'm sorry. And so it's, that was a good point, John. I got a little, little fiery there. Um, great. So we have, um, another question, um, about rep from a rep about paying the reps is, do you pay commission based on where the order is invoiced or where it ships? No, that one, I guess would be for you. Uh, where it's invoiced. Whichever showroom they're servicing, that's the theory behind it. So the rep in Josh's territory, uh, in this case, you know, if it's going through advance, then the rep's commissionable on it. Um, if it's a special project and we know it's going out out, out of state and there's and, and there's cause to to adjust that, we will adjust it. But really, again, we're, we're chasing crumbs here. Um, I would love I would love to know um, you know I would love to discuss a little bit uh, more about how showrooms deal with e-commerce from Amazon, Target, and Walmart. We have some major brands yeah we're running low on time, so let's talk about that for sure that are selling online through these platforms and and um, some of them are abiding by map, some are not. The ones that are not, you know, okay, you, you got to deal with that. But how do you guys feel about them selling through the Amazon platform, Walmart and Target? These are high-end luxury brands. Um, you know that nine out of 10 consumers price check through Amazon as soon as they go online um, and all, 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 the, all the things that Amazon does to, to control the market. How, how do you feel about those brands and how, and what do you do inside your own showroom with them? So as the, as a strong, I guess this question is sort of going to me is, I don't look at those brands that are that are selling on those, I'm going to call them dis, almost discount sites, the Amazon, the Walmarts, all them. I don't consider those companies to be as a high-end manufacturer. Um, the high-end manufacturers, you can't go a Bentley, you know, a Mercedes, a BMW, a Range Rover. Um, all these are luxury items. And luxury items can't, in my opinion, that high end can't be sold at a Walmart. They can't be sold at a discount store. Your Walmart, your Walmart customer is not a Cal Fawcett customer necessarily, or a Franz Wigner customer, or a customer of Dornbrock who's going to spend $2,000 on a faucet. Um, so that's why in my showrooms, I've actually partnered with brands that aren't on those websites that can't be found on those sites because I don't want to sell something that's sold at Walmart. I'm not Walmart. I'm not Home Depot and I'm not Lowe's. I am the next two, three, four, 10 steps above those, above those, um, above those stores. Um, 
And it is hard to compete. I mean, we've had to up our stock on a lot of faucets. For example, we've been a big Growy dealer for a very long time. Um, Growy is slowly doing a better job with their map policy. Um, actually, was looking at um, Amazon this morning, and they were okay. It's, bunch of items. it's horrible. It is absolutely horrible that they're doing 35%. But at least I'm not doing the 50% off and making 19 points or less that we were before. Um, but yeah, I've had to bring in some more inventory of some of the bread and butter items because people come in and go, well, Amazon can give it to me in three days. And I'm like, well, I have a rough valve. And, and that's another conversation too. It's redeveloped how we talk to the customers. Customers are like, I need the rough valve. I need the trim. I need it right away. Amazon can get it for me. And I go to the customer. I go, let's take a step back here. Is your bathroom gutted? Oh, it's, it's being gutted next week. Okay, then I have the rough valve. That's all you need to get started. Well, by the time you get your bathroom gutted, you get the tile done, and then that's when you'll need the finish. I'll have the finish ready for you when you're ready. And I've actually had to start, start lowering my deliveries. I mean, we usually delivered like a one-piece toilet, and that was, that was it. We don't deliver two $300 two-piece toilets. We've had to rethink the way we do that kind of stuff because of Amazon um, can get it so quick. And people are like, I don't want to drive to you and come grab it. I'm 45 minutes away. So we've redid our delivery routes and we're delivering smaller sums of money now um, to be competitive. But I'm trying to offset it with some of the luxury items to make a higher margin there. So along that, I'm going to ask my last poll. And this is really just because I'm so curious. Do you shop online? And if so, what do you shop for? Online. Is the poll sh- there? We go. Okay. I'm going to give it a couple more seconds because I'm. We've got. You need to get Jeopardy theme music, Kimberly. Na, 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 How's that? That's, we'll work on it. Beautiful. Okay, 95% shop online. I'm going to say, I'm going to call bull on the three people who said they do not shop online. And the beauty is I'm going to know who it is on the back end. Um, And what you shop online for the most, 64% say electronics. Electronics are very technical. So I find that that's very interesting. And then we've got clothes. I'm guilty of that one. Um, groceries, 38%, 40% home furnishings. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of this. My new dining room chairs are from Wayfair and I, it hurts me to give them money, but it's a pandemic and I need a new chairs. And where am I going to go on a budget to find chairs like that? Right. So I think that we're all, you know, we're all shopping online for different things. That's an industry that's being hurt right now is the furnishing industry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Kimberly, I, I think it also speaks to, to the, uh, the advantage, at least in theory, that brick and mortar showrooms, independent showrooms have if they, rather than run away, embrace what's going on with the internet. You don't really have a choice. Um, all those things on your list, including electronics up to a point, um, are commodities. And what, 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 what independent showrooms um, and what designers are specking on the higher end requires some expertise and some conversation and some servicing. So the piece that's missing is how do you, how do you transact online and make your own website uh, as user-friendly as possible to get that sale? You're not going to compete with Amazon on the commodity end. You're going to get your head handed to you. But you have a chance to close the sales and get a reputation as a place that I'll transact with you in my showroom or through my website. And I just, I, I'm really, I'm hoping and praying that, that any, any of the dealers that are listening to this, to this conversation are working on that in a serious way, because honestly, you know, Josh, you're, you're an exception to the rule. There are plenty of really good dealers out there trying to do what you're doing and head in the right direction. But there are a lot that are just, you know, we're not seeing it. And, and well, I can, and I can talk to that. 
I can talk to that real quick. Yeah. Um, because at, at best, we did not have an e-commerce site. And when we looked into that, the investment, as Josh was saying, it's a huge investment. And it's not just, it's time and money. It's a whole nother staff. It's a, a bigger warehouse. It's, um, it, it, there's so there's just so much to it. And then certain manufacturers only allow a certain amount of authorized detailers. So then you're, you're having to go to each of your manufacturers and say, okay, well, I want to sell this now. Let me sell it. And with, with some of the bigger companies like a Kohler or a Delta, it is not that easy. Yeah, but Kimberly, I, I, I agree. I hear, I hear what you're saying and I agree with that. But to me, there are baby steps, really obvious baby steps that showrooms can take with their websites. Have it, have it, if not a shopping cart, you have the wish list that Josh was talking about. Make it easy that if person has the w- wish list can get in touch with someone at the showroom and transact then and there easily. Um, and then what's on the website is something that someone like Molly can go on. She's talking about the manufacturer's website. They can go on to the, the uh, showroom's website be able to find the brand, be able to find the product, all of that data is there. So the investment is not that great. You're adding a wish list, you're adding a dedicated person in your showroom to answer those calls the way you would for someone walking into the showroom. And then you do need an investment in something, somebody on the web to get all your vendors, manufacturers like us to give you the spreadsheets and do that. I got you, Molly. I got you. I know you're itching. <laughs> no, we're gonna let Molly talk. <laughs> Molly, you're dying. To, you're dying to be involved. I am. Um, so I wanted to give a good example because I think I think when we say we need a better website, like what does that look like? Um, and I, um, so one of my favorite websites as a designer. Um, I think as a consumer, you're still con- confused about it enough, but as a designer, I love the Mr. Steam um, website where you can actually go in and I can say, build my shower. You know, it's like they give you a visual and then they give all of your specs right there and they give you this MSRP, you know, or so that you can kind of be like, okay, the big idea, like this is a $15,000, you know, idea if I put all of these things together. Um, and I think, you know, as a designer, I can work with it a little easier. It's really great for obviously dealers as well. Consumers are not going to, they're not going to get it at all, which is fine. It's perfect. <laughs> it's kind of a perfect world where it's like, it's, it's right in between there, right? Where it's like, I can be, I have more knowledge than like the client, you know, so I can work with it. And then, you know, it's, and the other part of that, sorry, my brain is like going in two different directions. I was like, yes, I'm going to give that example. But also I want to say, um, is it something that like maybe the manufacturers can work with the dealers to almost incorporate some of their website onto their websites and still be able to kind of direct it back to their, their brick and mortar? It's like kind of like build this in here. And then it gets, I love the idea that, you know, it automatically pops up and is like, hey, it's on my desk in the morning. And I can pick up the phone, you know, as a dealer, the, the phone called to the, the designer to say like, this is the price of this. If you purchase through this, we saw that we were looking at, do you have questions? I love that follow-up or an email. Email's even better. <laughs> um, but, you know, having that, that manufacturers, um, they have the, the ability to do that, I guess this is where I'm getting to because this doesn't make any sense, but the manufacturer's ability to, to create all of those like high-end things, um, all of those expensive parts of a website, but then have it direct to those brick and mortars as like kind of a helpful hand. I don't know. I guess if you can reach through both ways. No, it actually makes perfect sense. Um, I mean, e-commerce sites, I mean, if you go, yeah, I mean, if you go to like Toto, for example, and you want to buy a washout online, um, one of their biggest requirements was you can be a participant, but when they click on that link, it better go to a Toto landing page on that e-commerce site. And so, yeah, it would be very beneficial. Um, it's also a little hard to do for a manufacturer to connect to an advanced plumbing website for Cal Faucets. And we have a Cal Faucet landing page on advancedplumbing.com. 
so that they can look at all the other products or similar products, things like that. It's doable. It's just very time consuming money to do it all. And you're connecting two systems together, which may not work together. This is great. This has been such an awesome conversation. There's so much more. I don't even think we got through half of the questions and I knew it was going to be that way because it's such a hot <laughs> So um, we will. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it now on recorded video. September 2nd, I believe, is a Wednesday. That's the next opening we have. And we will continue this conversation. We'll talk about UMRP versus IMAP. Um, so hopefully y'all will come back for that one. Um, Thank you, Noah, Josh, and Molly, so much for joining us. Thank you to all the attendees. Um, after today, so starting today, we are moving from weekly to biweekly. Um, so our next uh, webinar will be on August 19th. Right, that's the Wednesday, um, August 19th. And we're going to have a designer panel. We're going to talk about trends. We're going to talk about what was trending leading up to the COVID pandemic and the changes that have come to the trends because of this. Um, so we're really going to talk about trends. Looking forward to that. Um, so thank you all so much for joining us and looking forward to seeing you on our next webinar. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. If you would like to present in the future or inquire about membership or sponsorship, please visit dpha.net today.